Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 43 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. Let's circle back to the American League East as we say hello to Tyler Glass now of the Tampa Bay Rays. Or are you an are you an honorary member of the Tampa Bay Lightning after you pump them up to a second consecutive Stanley Cup? Yeah, that was so much fun. That was and I'm not even over here talking any any sort of shit, but like going to those games and seeing the energy and like how it's, I'm like, we got to bring that over to the trop sometimes. Like it gets crazy, but like that, every time I've gone to a hockey game, I've just been thoroughly impressed. Like this, the production value there is next level. It's unbelievable. So was it was it cool kind of seeing your face on the big board there? Yeah, it was cool. I was sneaky nervous. Like they came up to me. I, I, I went in before and did like the interviews and whatnot. And like they did the whole social media thing. And then like I was sitting there and they're like, hey, we're going to come at you in like the third period or whatever. Um, and we're going to do like some sort of thing. I was like, all right. And I was sitting there like, what am I going to say? Like, what's what am I going to do? And then they just like I grabbed the mic and the guy told me what to say. And it was super easy. But it was cool. Like everyone was like, really nice and supportive. And it was like a big cheer. So it was awesome. They played really well, too. All right. So what did you say? I think he told me to say like Bolts Nation stand up or something like that. I don't know. I blacked out. <laughs> no, I, I forgot what I said. It's something along those lines. And I said it and everyone got all excited. And it was all cool. right. So like, yeah. On a scale of sober to most blitz I've ever been, where were you when you delivered the line? I was actually, so I drove. So I was probably oh. like, I was like two beers deep. I was, got I was it. very sober. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I wish I wasn't, but I was. No, well, you had to be responsible. That's yeah, what we that's go. what Next we preach here at the Rose Rotation. Go have your fun, yeah, but you gotta you take go. care of yourself and everybody else out there. Yeah. And it was like right after the injury, so I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna let this breathe a little bit. I don't wanna mm-hmm. I don't wanna get too liquored up. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, so when they when they won it all, did you feel anything? I mean, you're not from Tampa Bay, but that's your adopted home. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was like rooting for him for sure. And obviously too, like playing for the team there. And like, I know they have some guys on their team that are a big, like baseball fans and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, it's like the communal, like civic pride type thing. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. When they won, they played so well. I think too, after game two, I was like, it's in the bag. Like, I don't know anything about hockey, but like they were just playing so well, but it was, yeah. Like everyone in the clubhouse was all gassed up and excited it was fun it's fun times have you have you ever hung out with hockey players because they're a different breed man yeah i i hung out so in where was it greenville in the minor leagues there's a minor league hockey team there i don't know like the affiliates their their whole thing is set up differently but we went out one time and i think at low a and just like <laughs> it was they can like drink that was that was very fun <laughs> like they definitely go out and like party a lot more than I think. I don't know. I'm sure every team's different, but like they definitely get after it. I think too, it's such like a, like a more warlike sport and like, I don't know. I think it's just more. Okay. I guess, but it was fun. Like they're, they're all, I like, like their banter and like their, like their jabber and stuff. I think it's really cool. So I've only covered hockey on kind of a minimal basis, some minor league stuff in the beginning of my career, not a lot of NHL other than doing highlights but the worst smelling place on earth might be a hockey locker room because the sweat gets in those pads and it's just, (laughs) I mean, you walk in there and you're gagging from the first minute on. It's just, it has to be like football too. Like in high school, we had a, like my sophomore year coach Therm, he would have like all the football players back when he used to play football, you'd leave your stuff in his room and he taught history. So like you'd walk in there for third period and just be like, what the, Oh my God. Like the whole room was disgusting. It was fucking crazy. Now that I look back on it, I'm like, I don't, I should have like walked out and protest. This is not fair to sit in there for 50 minutes. Well, you know, yeah. based on what you told us in an earlier rotation, you were getting kicked out of half your classes in high that school. Is anyway. true. I could have used that as an excuse. So I mean, geez. yeah, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't dabble in football. Did you? I played growing from like fifth grade to ninth grade. And then I just became like the goofiest mess you've ever seen. I, I ended my football career. I tackled somebody else and broke my ribs and was like, all right, this is the time. This is, I think this is a sign for me to stop. And I just, I finished that year because Donna isn't, isn't letting me quit. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to anyway, but, and then like, so I just didn't play my sophomore year. So I played from fifth through eighth grade and mm-hmm. I was small and slow at that point. You could either be big and slow or small and fast. <laughs> yeah. Small and slow is not a good combination to work. No. And it was a second team defensive tackle and we're at practice one day. <clears throat> and I remember lining up and the guard in front of me 
disappeared. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go make a play. And so I charged forward and the other pulling guard, a guy named Austin Shepard, who I went to school with since we were in kindergarten next week. And it was like, it was like the cartoons where the guys are dancing around your head after you get hit. (laughs) And I remember after that day, I would go home and X off the days on the big old (laughs) calendar until I was done with football. Yeah. I know that feeling. I was like second string quarterback freshman year too. And I would always like, we would run like second team offense and like let the defense just like tee off on us. And I remember always getting like tackled from my blind side and just laying on the ground, just being like, why the fuck, why am I doing this? Like, why am I here right now? Like (laughs) no future in this for me, but I think I did learn a lot though. Like it does definitely toughen you up, especially when I was like younger and having to like do whatever tackling drills or anything against someone that's like, Mm -hmm. you definitely like, I think you like learn how to handle your fear a little bit, <laughs> but you could have been sunshine from remember the Titans. Maybe with a concussion or seven, like that's, I think that's only, thing. I think I really, <laughs> if I did stick with football, I think I would have had like a decent chance of like, I don't know how like far I would have gone or how far I wanted to go. But I think if I stuck with it, I could have like maybe done like a little tight end action or something. But. No, 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 no. First of all, with that rocket ship attached to your right shoulder and you've always told yeah. me, you can run. Yeah. You are the modern era quarterback. You can do it all, dude. I guess so. I don't know. I just like, I'm, I think my arm translates to baseball motion much more than football. I can still throw a football far, but like I played quarterback. I was decent. I was just so like prepubescent and weird that it like, it was hard for me to tell if I was going to be good, but I was good at receiver growing up. Like it was definitely like my best position, but who knows? I'll close the yearbook. I'm, I chose baseball. <laughs> could you imagine the Tinder swipes in Costa Rica if you had been an NFL starting quarterback? Right. I hey, now. Uh, yeah, definitely. By the I way, that got a little bit more. I don't know. <laughs> that got a lot of that got a lot of comments about the uh, last time you were on about the <laughs> the the Tinder app when you're on the road. It was it was great. Yeah. Um, all right. So how you feeling, man? How we Good. doing? I've thrown. This is my third time throwing. So. I'm actually back like relatively soon. Um, it feels good. I'm only at like 75 feet, but there's nothing, no pain or anything. I have to wait and see. Like, I think once I start ramping up and going to like 120 and like getting off the mound and throwing really hard, that'll be more of like a sign to see like how I recover. But I feel good. Like if I, tr- if I'm like going how I'm going now, like I don't see why I can't get back relatively soon, I guess, like before season ends for sure. Wow. I mean, so that you, mentally, you must be in a great place. Yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm just like, you kind of like handle each day. Like you have a rehab, such a different beast because you don't really have any like, like stat lines or anything. You're kind of just like, you take each day, like small victories, I guess. But I guess too, like with being injured, it's not like, I guess it depends on the injury, but it's easier to like handle mentally just because there's not really much you can do. Like you just have to go in and handle rehab and like, because I guess like when you pitch bad, I think it's harder. Like if you're really like not pitching well throughout like a season, start to start to start, that's harder mentally than getting injured for me. I think Mm. just because like I have to like, I can handle so many things to get back and a lot of it's out of my control. But like when you're pitching bad, you, you like, always replay in your head of like what you could have done differently or blah, blah, blah. Like with an injury, I'm like, Oh, I wish I would have maybe thrown differently. And then like, it's kind of like easier to accept, but everyone's different. All right. So what, like, what's a typical day for you in rehab now? I mean, by the way, when, if people hear that line, like we're not talking about like drug rehab, we're just yeah. talking about rehab to get back to the baseball. <laughs> <No>. So <laughs> when we sit in a circle, we talk about our families. Yeah. Uh, a normal day, you just all go like, We've got a decent amount of guys rehabbing right now. So I've been starting like 1230. So like, I'll just, I'll go in, do like a hot tub for my arm. They do use like a laser. It's like this weird thing that like heats your arm, like internally. And then I go into like soft tissue. They like loosen it up. And then I just do a lot of like scap work and like shoulder stuff. Like you're really like strengthening structurally everything around it. So like you're trying to strengthen all the other muscles that are like around your UCL just to like take some pressure off of it. Um, do that. Now that I'm throwing, I'll go into like one-handed plyos. Like you do like plyo ball. I don't know if like another name. Those, for are, the, are, those are the weighted balls. Yeah. Like kind of like that. And they'll do, you'll do like some here. Let me like, you do like this way and then that way. And then like a couple this way. It's just like a weird, like a smaller introduction to throwing. And then you'll go out and throw. And then I'll usually come in and like do like a run or a lift or something like just kind of tailor it out to, it's also, like I said before, like a, a good time to like, get your body into good shape. So, um, 
I'm usually there for like three hours. It's nothing crazy. Once I start ramping up and throwing more, I think like the intensity and like workload stuff goes up. But I, I, I kind of, I enjoy it. Like you get and you start to feel really good and hopefully just be back. All right. And so then on a home game, you could come home or you just stay at the park and then you, you're there for the game. Yeah. And so you, you have the option. Cause like a lot of times, a lot of places don't even want the guys who are hurt to come and watch the game at home. Cause it just like fills up the dugout. But I end up just like rehabbing. I usually end up just staying and then staying for the game. So usually I'll like, if I go in early, I'll rehab, leave, go get food, come back home or whatever. And then I'll drive back to the games. But on the road, you just sit and you watch like a fan. Yeah. So I like rehab and come home and watch it. If my wife, doesn't suck. I can like watch the game on TV and then like, um, Brasso's here now. So we like watched the game last night. He's was on the 10 day DL. Um, I'm trying to get them to like, I'm trying to convince them to let me travel once I start throwing. So like mm. I can like throw in front of Kyle and I can also just like not go absolutely crazy sitting here alone. Like it's so boring. So like just for my sanity, I'm going to try and convince them to let me go on the road, but I don't think I'm going to get, I don't think it's going to succeed, but we'll see. What, what do you think the over, cause you're such a good guy, but like I've always heard that Scherzer people love Scherzer, but on the days he doesn't pitch, he's the most annoying guy in the dugout. Cause he just, really? can't, he can't, cause he can't sit still. I'm the same way. That's so funny. You said that. That's like great to hear. I'm, I'm like super ADD boy the day I don't pitch. Like I cannot, like, it's honestly for like, I'm going to admit it. Like watching baseball for me is tough. Like it's, I guess if a starter's out there, like you have moments where you can watch, but like, it's one of those things where like, you're like, Hey, focus. And then like, focus, 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 focus. And you just like, can't, I can't sit there and watch. I think just think to 162 games, this shit's so slow. Like, you want to be like, you're there for your team. And like, you're obviously like, you know, what's going on, but like, I'm more of a, I'm trying to have like a deep, awesome conversation with someone in the dugout. We have a good team for it. Like it'll usually be me and like Justin Sua is our mental guy. I'll sit there and talk to him about like whatever. And then like people will shuffle in. I'll talk to Z or like Phillips. I'll talk to just anyone. Ross. Now, what is he before he comes on? Because Brett Phillips is about to join us. And he's for people that haven't heard a ton of interviews with him. He's just one of the bright faces of baseball yeah. guys. Is he always that happy? Definitely. Yeah. He's got like really good. And the thing is too, with how like emotionally inconsistent baseball is like, he's very, um, I'm sure even the days he has like bad days, everyone does. Like he's still like Brett Phillips. He's still very much his personality. Um, yeah, man. Like he, he tries to get like the, just like the positive out of a lot of stuff. I think he, that's kind of like a conscious decision for him to come to the, I've heard him comment on it before too. Like he wants to come in and be a guy who's like consistent and like always bringing energy and, uh, I, I don't know. I appreciate it with just with how monotonous baseball can be and how like boring it can be sometimes. Like it's, it's cool to have him there. And he's definitely like similar to me in a sense of like ADD brain in a, in a little bit. Like, so we just, I don't know. You guys mesh. Cool. Certain games we'll just talk all game long and just bullshit. It's really fun. That's perfect. Uh, by the way, you're, we're recording this on, on my wife's birthday. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you said before we started the episode was what? tell Michelle, sorry, that we're doing this on her birthday. <laughs> and I pass that along to her because she's, yeah. she's sitting downstairs recovering from our night out mm-hmm. at our age. We just, we don't bounce back the way we used to. Yeah. And she said, you know what? That's okay. You tell Tyler, I don't mind. Awesome. So thanks. Okay. So Sweet. I don't know if you're trying to get brownie points for the next Mrs. Rose's <laughs> homework assignment, but whatever it is, it works. <laughs> I don't know if it's the fact that you're a six foot eight Adonis and she might <laughs> give you some leniency in that area or the yeah. fact that you just don't look anything like me is probably <laughs> that's nice. All right, guys, there's a lot of stuff going on this summer, right? You got the Olympics, you got major championships in golf, baseball's in full swing. NFL is going to get going. So what's the one thing you got to do? Take care of yourself. And so Manscaped has the brand new Manscaped 4.0. That's for you to take care of yourself South of the equator. So I want you to go to manscaped.com. Use the code word rose. It's very simple. The 4.0, they've been working on this thing in the lab. And listen, we've all done our business down south, right? And we've had some pulling and tugging and all that sort of stuff. That's not going to happen with the 4.0. It is smooth, smooth sailing. You're going to take care of yourself. You're going to feel better. And that special someone in your life is going to love you extra for it as well. So by the way, you're going to get the lawnmower 
4.0 trimmer. You're going to get the weed whacker. That's for ear and nose hair. I got a big time problem with that. So this is going to help us out. You've got the crop preserver ball deodorant as well. The crop reviver toner plus two free gifts. The performance boxer briefs, which I wear quite frequently. They feel great. And the shed travel bag. So go out, do yourself a favor. Go out and get this. And you also get 20% off and free shipping with the code word ROSE at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping the code ROSE at manscaped.com. Go be Olympian when it comes to cleaning up yourself, courtesy of manscaped.com. Hey, did you, were you allowed to do anything during the all-star break or you had to stay there because of the rehab? Um, no. So, well, I rehabbed, but I ended up leaving on Tuesday and then coming back Thursday. I went to Brooklyn just to like sneak away. I didn't really do anything. I just went and stayed at like a hotel down there. Wait, I by yourself again? Yeah. I just went, cause I had, I've been here for so long. I just wanted to like sneak away and like, there's like that one hotel in Brooklyn's cool. So I just stayed there. Um, and then like just walked around. I haven't been to Dumbo or like Brooklyn. And so I just like went around and like, um, checked out that neighborhood. It was really fun. Uh, my agency has like a branch there. So I wanted to go check out that office, but they were closed. Um, but it was fun. I just went and like worked out and like walked around and like checked everything out. It's a cool neighborhood. Did you play any chess? No, I didn't actually. I woke up too late, got down my workout too late and I wanted to go over. It rained the day I was supposed to go over there on a Wednesday and I was close too. It's just across the bridge and like down, but I didn't, I didn't go next time. I, I will. Anybody recognize you? Uh, in the hotel. Yeah. Some, just cause I think like with New York, like they're in the division, like usually like Boston and New York and places like that. I'll hey, usually get. Let's not, let's not try and poo poo the thing. <laughs> Come on, dude. You stand out of the crowd. You're your guy. Did they ever go, dude, I love you on the Rose rotation. How many yeah, of those do you get? I do have a lot of people actually say that. Like a lot of people will say Rose rotation, a good, a good portion of people will say, I like all the Rose rotation stuff. And I say, so do I. That's Big solid. Fan. All right. So if you, if you traveled on Tuesday, were you able to watch the all-star game? I did not watch the all-star game. I did not. I had better things to do. I don't probably, okay. did, but I, I watched the home run derby the day before I went out with Cody Reed and, and Brasso. Mm. We went to a place, watched it. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to watch the all-star game. Okay. Yeah. Get away from it. I will say this. The home run derby is obviously a lot of people's favorite part of the yeah, you know, two or three day event, depending on how you like to quantify it. Yeah, there was so much energy in the place when it, when Shohei got up to hit. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, <laughs> he's a freaking starting pitcher and he's hitting balls five hundred and twenty feet. Yeah, and he's not a dick, and he's like a, seems like a nice human being. It's very weird. He's like it's a trifecta. He's a good person, really good baseball player. I think it's great. I'm a I'm a huge fan of his. I hope Did he you- just dominates his whole career. Did you see what, well, first of all, you got to see a Homer, of his up close and personal. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of people go where he went in Tampa. Yeah, that was true. That was a very impressive home run. He had a home run off of me too on a slider. I hung a slider. He hit it. It was good. Like he too, he covers the plate like crazy, especially being that big. Like that's kind of an anomaly. I think most guys that are that big are like kind of always have like a hole somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or if they're not timed up, they're like pretty easy to get out. Not easy, but like. It's just like so you have to cover such a big area. Um, but yeah, he's a freak. And like he definitely has like crazy pop. He just has like that leverage. He's just a freak of nature. Well, you know, he also became part of the big time story because of what Stephen A. Smith said. And I don't know how much you followed it. Yeah. But- yeah. I mean, like, are you even surprised though? Like that guy's job is just like shock. Like right. it's just clickbait. Like I had a few, he was going to say something stupid. I, I wonder if he, if Stephen A. Smith says that and then like has any sort of like regret. Cause he's, or if he's just like, fuck a sweet. I have a lot of people who like are following the story now. And this brings eyes to like, no such thing as bad publicity kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I really wonder where he, cause like, that was like the dumbest comment ever, but I wonder if he knows that and he's just doing it for the show. Like part of me thinks he's smart enough to know, like, that's a, I think he's probably like, that's a dumb thing to say, but a lot of people are, are going to watch now. Well, it's interesting. So I've been a part of opinionated shows for, for 20 years now. Yeah. And there are people who have been much more successful and have made a lot more money than me because they've gone a different tact. I have this firm belief that at the end of the day, you have to be able to put your head on the pillow and feel good about who you are. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they're like, I've, I used to work with Steven at best damn. I mean, that's really where he kind of started his television gig. Yeah. And then he blew up and he's become the most successful out of anybody in our group far and away. Um, 
And I always thought he was a good person. I haven't kept his close contact with him, but I do know that ESPN loves that sort of stuff. Yeah. They love it. They love it. Here's my problem with it. That it, it's the same sort of comment that would have come out of people's mouths in the fifties and sixties about a non-white male person yeah. in sports. So you yeah. just could have thrown any sort of group back in the day. And, and it sounds so fucked up when you put any other group that's yeah. not a white male, yeah, the face of whatever you're talking about. And so I think it says a lot more about you as a person. Definitely. If you can't enjoy a sport or something in entertainment, because that person doesn't look or sound like you. Exactly. Yeah. And also too, like when did he come over here a year and a half ago? Well, he's been, I think it was what, 2018 probably, but yeah. he, I heard his English is significantly improved. And exactly. Yeah, so saying, one, like, how much, person. how good do you expect his English to be? Like, it's a complete, like if, if Stephen A had to go and learn a different language with like a new alphabet, there's no chance he's not using an interpreter. Like a guy's doing as best as he can. Like that's what's, I barely can speak proper English and I've been here for 27 years. Like it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I definitely think it's just, he's doing it to get a rise out of people. Like, I wonder if he truly believes that. Like, it's definitely just a shitty look. Like, I don't understand. I don't know. I think if anyone else says it, said that, like they'd have a, a like the chances of them getting canceled are significantly higher, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I guess it's just fine if he says it, I guess. I don't know. No, he is a face. Yeah, the face and, of their network. Yeah, I'm sure ESPN too. Like he's a widely viewed person. I'm sure they're not like trying to get rid of the guy, but I don't even think he should be like disposed of. It's but I no, I no, no. It's I, I think we've gotten way too. We've swung the pendulum the other direction way too much. Like yeah. when people say, "Well, that person said something wrong." Okay, so what is the goal? Isn't it to improve our society? Yeah, right. You don't take people that say something wrong, wrong, mm-hmm. or have a different belief. And put them on an island of their own. You don't do yeah. that. That's this is America. This yeah. is where we're allowed to think freely and exchange ideas. And I have some friends and family members that I do not see eye to eye with on anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. I. I mean, too. I guess I don't know if it's like how you grew up or something like that, but I. I definitely think like back in the day, it was more tolerable to like have a different view of somebody and still be able to be like civil with them. I. I mean. I grew up like my, my dad's like Republican and my mom's right. like the complete opposite. And so I think <laughs> I've seen that, like they love each other a lot from what I see. And like, they're two completely different viewpoints on things, but they still have so much love for one another. So I think it's just normal to me to where now I, I don't, yeah, it's very weird. It seems like it's skewed the other way. Like you have to just like agree with everyone. And if you don't, you can't be friends. It's it, kind of strange. I don't It's I don't very know. dangerous also in a clubhouse because <laughs> a lot of the guys that are from this country are extremely conservative. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't you find that? I mean, and you grew yeah. up. I, I think in baseball, like especially, I just think so much of it too is like a lot of guys are like from the south and stuff, and I don't know, like that area. It's. De- I think that's what's cool about baseball. It's definitely a melting pot. Like, there's a lot of people who share different. Like our team's probably like half, like split and split. Like, so I don't know, but I think it's too. Like we all get along. Like there's a lot of people who don't have the same political viewpoint, but like those guys that in there that are like best friends that are like super conservative and then like super liberal. So, I mean, it's still, you can achieve a friendship with someone you don't see eye to eye with, which is nice. But I also think too, we're in like such a weird bubble to where like we're around each other so much to where like, I don't know. I I just don't maybe know what it's like everywhere else. Like I've just played baseball my whole life. I just live in this tiny little bubble. Except when you go take trips to Brooklyn, you just go get a little peace of mind, man. Yeah, there you go. I just think too, it depends on like the, like the, your working environment. If everyone is in like the same, thinks the same as you, like Silicon Valley, for example, everyone has the same political viewpoint. Like all you're doing is like feeding that side and you don't have any like contrast. Right. Where like all you're doing is like building up that side. I guess like with us, it's so mixed and skewed that you're always getting like back and forth. And it was really, I think with all the stuff going on, the last like couple of years, it's been cool to have like open dialogue in the clubhouse with like, especially all like the black lives matter stuff, like really getting like a whole melting pot of people's views and like sharing stories and like having like asking questions and stuff. Like it's really, it's been like a huge learning experience for everybody to where like, I don't know if every other place kind of has that. No, I will say no, yeah. because you know what? People are afraid to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. What happens. And so we get chastised one way or another. Yeah. You know, it's just God gave us two of these. Yeah. Two of these ears. And I don't think people use them enough. It's just like, 
I don't know. I hope we're making progress. Yeah, I, hope we I do too. So let's make a little progress and uh, let's bring in today's guest. Not sure if everybody out there has had the uh, honor and privilege of going up to Cooperstown in the Baseball Hall of Fame. But if you haven't, let the Hall of Fame bring something onto your computer or wherever you download all your content. There's a show called Hall of Fame Connections. It's a 13-episode YouTube series with brand new episodes dropping every Wednesday. And it's all going to tell a different story of how two seemingly unrelated artifacts up there in Cooperstown actually weave themselves together. It's told by my good friend Carlos Pena, former Tampa Bay Ray and former major leaguer and currently at MLB Network. And he is also hanging out with Lindsay Berra, the granddaughter of Hall of Fame catcher Yogi Berra. And she is a journalist and has been an outstanding one for years. So it's really cool to see how they take two different artifacts, weave their stories together, and you're going to be amazed by it. It's a 13-part series. It comes out each and every Wednesday and support for this series was provided by the market New York grant through I love New York, New York state's division of tourism as part of the regional economic development council initiative. And also to stay up to date with each and every episode of hall of fame connections, all you have to do is follow baseball hall of fame, social media channels at baseball hall on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. It's something I'm going to be tuning into. You should as well. All right, Tyler Glass, now no uh, no pressure, but since you are a co-host and not a guest of the Chris Rose Rotation, and since you've established your 401k in our program and everything, why don't you introduce today's guest? Today's guest is none other than the Brett Phillips. Y'all have heard of him. You've seen him, I'm sure, on some sort of something. We're excited to have you. Can't wait. This has been a long time coming. You've been a, a guest that I'm sure all of us have wanted to talk to. So it's this is exciting for everyone. Yeah, some call me Brett Phillips now going by Tyler Glassnow version two uh, <laughs> ever since the last uh, pitching outing. So, you know, Tampa Bay has been dying for a second glass now and here I am. So thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thank oh, you is. For, for filling these shoes in, man. It's yeah, very impressive. Uh, I mean, four, what are you, 15 size shoes. So there's a lot of shoes to fill. Yeah, you're right. Okay. We're going to get to the pitching very shortly, but two things. A, are you holding your phone right now? Because I don't know if you have the forearm strength to do that for about 20 minutes. Yeah, I I sure am. I mean, uh, I I have to do rotator cuff workouts today anyways. So, I mean, this is, yeah, you're right. Maybe I should uh, prop this up. Oh, God. Uh, There you go. There we go. Um, Let me see. Sorry, guys. No, you're doing great. The only thing is, my other point was we're going to, I mean, that lair of a hotel in Atlanta, Georgia. I love it that we got to see the unmade bed behind you and everything. You're yeah, really that's genuine. I love that. <laughs> Are we going to be able to break these clips up or is this live? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We're not breaking up anything. People want to see your hotel room in Atlanta. This is fantastic. Yeah, this is awesome. I got like a bag in the background. This is just genuine... <laughs> Just lazy boy baseball player. <laughs> oh man, I don't know where to set this thing up. The, there you go. Oh, that's that's wait. Hold on. That looks good. Oh gosh, guys, I'm sorry. Rookie. <laughs> I know, right? What? what? I don't know where to. <laughs> that's all the time we have for now today. Yeah. <laughs> My God, this is like the worst roller coaster ride I've ever been on. <laughs> this is unbelievable, guys. I don't know what to do. Okay, I think got team. it. There you go. Oh yeah, bam. Oh yeah, That's perfect. Oh God, That's yeah, money, this is buddy. perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. Glass. When mm-hmm. you saw your man warming up in the bullpen up there in Buffalo, were you laughing, crying, or somewhere in between? My initial reaction, my first thing was, what the fuck are you doing, Brett? And then watching it and keep on, I was like, this is, this is good stuff. I do think though, like that warm up, as funny as it is, like that's actually probably relatively, like you throw like that in the outfield. I feel like you don't like the, to be like lined up this way. You're more of a, like you kind of have to be lined up that way. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I have always wanted to throw an inning in my career. I think, I mean, honestly, that was the most fun I've ever had pull Playing baseball, I'll tell you a few different things. When I went down to the bullpen after Cash told me uh, that I was going to pitch, he's like, yo, don't get hurt. Just just throw the ball over the play. I was like, I got you. I'm going to let one ride, you know, at like 80, 85%. And after that, I'll, I'll lob it. So I go down to the bullpen, 
and I'm I'm not lying to you. I promise you, I'm telling you the truth. I did not know cameras were rolling when I was. I didn't even know there were cameras. Like I was oh, making, sure. I, I was making our guys laugh. Like, yeah. Obviously, we're we're getting beat ten to one. Like I'm just down there, kind of stretching things out. But that's actually how I throw when I pitch because yeah. I don't want to turn myself, especially like Vlad and those guys coming up to bat. So I was opened up, so I was ready to if yeah, they yeah, smoked yeah. a, a liner back yeah. at. Yeah, to protect my my beautiful face, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely was extremely entertaining. Though. Like my reaction was that, like in the beginning, I was like, like what in the world? Then going out there and doing it, and then throwing ninety four, I was like, Jesus, like that's pretty impressive. Like that's off the cusp, like that. That's pretty. That's that's kind of cool. And two, it's just like, I don't know. It's it's fun. Like it's your whole thing. Like baseball's fun. I think so much of it too is like, it's almost something like. I think the second, maybe it's not to that degree, but the second I started to realize baseball was fun, I started to be a lot better at baseball. I think it's just like reiterating and reinforcing, like, I'm allowed to come out here and fuck around <laughs> and have fun. Like, I worked hard enough to be a big leaguer. Like, I should be able to do this to where, like, I think, too, you are a guy who plays better when you're just having fun and, like, relaxing. Yeah, I mean, I th- you hit the nail on the head, Tyler. For me, um, it's just who I am. Uh, I, in my daily life, I'm so go happy, go lucky. Um, I wasn't going to let a a job define if I I could have fun or not. And obviously there's a way of going about it. We're professional. There's a time and place for everything, but for myself, if I'm not having fun, then I'm not going to be performing for you. Um, it's just, it's, it's a feeling inside. Uh, when, when, when I'm, when everyone, when they're walking on eggshells, they're, they're not going to, you know, maximize their, their full potential. And so, you know, Kevin Cash in the front office, you know, they do a great job of letting us be ourselves yeah. coming out here, obviously uh, in a professional way, but when it's time to have fun, we're going to take advantage of it. Yeah. Okay. I want to get back to your pitching. Did you see the reaction of the Blue Jays after you threw 94? <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I that was funny. You know, I think there were uh, their reaction was more so – like they saw the RPMs and they saw like the X and Y axis tilt. And they were just like, that's elite. Um, not so much the, <laughs> the 94 miles an hour. I had Jay money our our stat, uh, you know, statistician and our stat cast guy um, run my numbers. And I just was out there. Th- I mean, had to show elite stuff. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, Tyler, since you're a guy that does this for a living, what did you think of his mechanics and everything else that came with it? Fucking dust, dude. Like, I don't, his mechanics were a little rough, but the fact that he came out and threw 94, that's imp- like, I mean, obviously, too, like, no one's like, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to go pitch now because no one's going to, like, if you can be a position player, why the hell would you want to go pitch? But that, like, there's something there. Like, that, if you ever wanted to, like, to go out there without a lot of pressure, and you already, everyone knows you have a good arm, too. Like, if you were to, like, utilize your low half and, like, figure out your direction, like, you'd fucking throw gas for sure. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty sore the next day after that one throw. Um, and I was, uh, Chris, I was talking to glass now about this. I mean, glass now is going out there every fifth day throwing what I threw times two, a hundred pitches. I mean, I was sore after one. I couldn't imagine, uh, feeling what (sighs) these guys feel every, you know, fifth day, every sixth day after their start. So, I mean, it gave me a newfound appreciation for the pitchers and how hard it is. When I balked, uh, that was the most embarrassing moment of my life. <laughs> and so I know uh, that all eyes are on you when you're out there. And I really felt that. I really felt all the eyes were on me. That's why I think it's even more important to like, I think it depends on your personality, but like, it's so important to try to go out there and have some fun. Like still when I pitch, like I'm a psycho and like I'm all like worked <laughs> up, but I have to figure out a way to like, kind of keep it lighthearted because I was never good at that in Pittsburgh and that's why I sucked. And then like, finally, like it's very true depending on your personality. Like you got to figure out a way to like, this isn't a big deal. Like, Oh, a bunch of people are looking at me. And if I fuck up, I lose the game. Like, no, it's like, you have to figure out a way to like, that big yeah, I'm still trying to figure that part out of the game, uh, especially when I'm on the mound. So I, I think I'll be able to get there, but no, you handled it well. Right. I mean, like that's I think too. People don't realize like it's all fun and games. But, like to go out there, like the Jose Canseco type stuff. Like it can snowball quick. Like pitching's especially if you don't do it. Like it's hard, you know. Like if you were to go out there and walk eight people, you'd probably been like, I don't know, like, this sucks. But handled it well. It's good. We 
listen, we got through it. We made a few all-stars swing and miss. So yeah. that definitely says a lot about my pitching. Um, and, you know, there, here I am just talking to the boys about it. Yeah. All right. Did you, did you hear from anybody via text that surprised you? Oh man. Um, you know, I, I got quite a bit of text. And when I say this is up there with like the walk-off hitting world series for most fun ever, like this pitching performance, I don't know why, but it was seriously the most fun. Um, I mean, I got a, I, I no one out of the ordinary, just people saying, what is like, what's wrong with you? Like you're, you're out of control. And, but they, they know who I am. Most people, if yeah. you have my number, you know, you know, I'm a nerd. So, uh, no, it was, it was good. Um, what is Tyler like on days that he pitches? Don't talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tyler's one of my best buddies on the team. You know, we hang out a lot on the road. Uh, but when this man, it, I tell everyone he's got, I, I call it a problem. Okay. He may, people may call it something else, but I call it a problem because no matter what he's feeling that day, how sore he is, if he's hurt that fifth day, he like turns into like the Terminator time slash, like, um, I don't even know, like, crazy i don't he just the competitive part that he brings to his game is unmatched i've never seen anything like it and like he said he he gets kind of psycho but we need that from him and uh we've seen what he's done on the mound for us and i mean we're dying to have him back as soon as possible but he's he's an animal he's one of the biggest competitors i play with i'm not just saying that because he's right there but he's he's crazy on day five don't talk to him he's got his routine He's going to go out there and he's going to do what he does for us. That's his mindset. Nothing, nothing else. He's not there to make friends on day five. <laughs> Would you agree? That's extremely accurate. Yeah. And it's not, it's something too, like I used to not struggle with, but I think in Pittsburgh, it was more like in the minor leagues, I was very much that way. It was something I could never turn off. And then like, they try like, cause when things like I'm like, I try to find like an edge of any sort of like adrenaline. So a lot of times like growing up, like you're always told like as a pitcher, like you need to keep it like emotionally consistent. Like don't ride the highs, don't ride the lows. And in Pittsburgh, it was always like, stop showing so much emotion. Like you really need to just like, like be more even keel and blah, blah. So most of my outings, I was just like figuring, I was like thinking about how to just like be normal as, as opposed to going out and pitching. And like, it's not even something like, it's just so natural for me, but like, he'll tell you too. Like if I have a bad inning, I will come in and break shit. Like, it's so, like I have to find moments of like throwing seven innings as hard as you can is like tough enough. If you can find like little spikes in adrenaline to like let you ride through seven innings, like that's all I'm trying to hunt. Like you get those like crazy emotional buildups and I'd like absolutely give into them. Like I something about like having like a like a rage yell when something doesn't go well, it like gives you something. I don't know what it is, but like I always pitch better after like a bad ending. It's weird. Like I just think. For me, it's I'm not a very competitive person like in any other thing in my life, only on the day I pitch. So it's just like a flood of caring a lot. So it's just like I it's almost like a warlike feeling. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Hey, and I will say, Chris, with that being said, it's all it's all like sell, it's all personal, it's all professional. Tyler Glassnell's never come in the dugout and showed up any of his teammates um or anything like that. He'll never point the finger. It's all just like his rage and when he breaks stuff, it's all because of him. And like, if he yeah. made a mistake or something, it, it's like, it, you know what I'm saying? So, so it's, a, it's a good, it's a good type of, a good type of rage of stuff. <laughs> I, I want to know what you break. <laughs> I, I think it's like anything that's like right there. And like, I won't do it like in the dugout. Like it's not really like a thing, but I'll go into like, so in between innings, I don't really sit in between the dugout. I'm had too much like nervous energy. I have to like roll out or do something or keep my mm. heart rate up. So I go into like our little tunnel and just like, I don't know anything like it just, I try not to like break. I've, I've got some, I've got like, some for him. Yeah, there we go. He's uh, in, in Dunedin. I think that was his worst start of the year. He'll, he'll agree to that. He just yeah. didn't have his stuff that day. And he came in and there was a, this, this poor fan in the, in the tunnel <laughs> oh, yeah, the sitting there and he goes WWE with a chair straight to the fan. And I said, yeah. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting 
on the bench where I'm normally at, right? And this man's playing ping pong with a fan. Wah, wah, wah. And I was just like, boom, let's go. And then he goes out there, locks it in, and, and gets back in the, into the game. And I'm just like, I mean, this dude's got a problem, and I love him. <laughs> if there is any sort of nervous energy, it's all gone after you have like a – I swear, it's something like primal. It's something just like you, you get like a – Something comes and then you just, I don't know, like it helps me pitch. It's very weird. I don't know what it is. By the way, for all these people that are sitting at home saying, my God, he took a chair to a fan, not a human fan. Yeah. It's just any other kind of fan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yes. Thank like, oh, you. Oh, my God. You know, you start talking WWE, taking a chair to a fan, all of a sudden it could happen. Yeah. Yes. Thank, thank you for reiterating that. And all the people that are like, oh, like destroying the fan. Don't worry. Glass now will take. He, he, he replaced the fans. So, yeah. <laughs> By the way, didn't Rich Hill just go nutty in the dugout? Wait, did he? I mean, he's another guy. Him and Glass are, are guys that pump the boys up. We know every fifth day if, if things aren't. And, and when I say like they get frustrated, it's like they gave up a run, Chris. Like one run. Like that's how, that's that, like the, the expectations these guys put on themselves to like get fired up i and that's incredible that's like me if i were to like put an expectation on myself if i strike out like i'm gonna freak out but like i don't have that competitive like craziness yet maybe i'll get there when i get older it's but, different uh, too, yeah pitching just yeah just with like it once a week so you're just like this is the one time i get to show out and i'm out here giving up all these damn runs like oh, look at this look at <laughs> i mean Hill yeah. started taking a bat to the bench. You got to be yeah. careful in there, Phillips. Don't walk past that. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm getting used to. <laughs> I'm getting used to uh, the the antics. So you find a you find a safe spot and you let them do their thing, and you know that they're going to go out there and continue to compete for us. So it's awesome, man. I love these guys. Like that too. I just think it's a, it's a lot more like common than you'd think. It's just like people hide it well because it's like. Yeah. I know a lot of guys I play with it the same way, like, and especially to watching like Rich do it. I remember there was always like, I'm like, I wonder if I can keep this up the rest of my career. Like, I wonder if I need to at some point, like try to, and then Rich came to our team and I was like, Nope. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I can do that until I'm 41, I guess. Like, this is perfect. Hey, Brett, are you always happy? I, I always, I mean, like I said yeah. earlier in, in the, uh, in the video this is this is who i am hurts up tyler you know that um <laughs> go go happy go lucky we've actually glass and i and my my best friend from home tyler we've uh created a way to measure happiness chris mm -hmm. and if you if you're interested i can explain it to you hell yes let's do it. Uh, okay so hang hang with us for a second so um, each day, everyone say wakes up with like an average of 400 Hertz. Now Hertz is a measurement of frequency. If we're talking um, scientifically, we would say 400 frequency, but for the sake of the word Hertz sounds better, right? So you woke up this morning and you've got your say average is 400 Hertz. That's like, you know, nothing yet has made you happy. Nothing yet has made you sad, angry, vice mm -hmm. versa. Now the scale is from hundred to a thousand. And throughout the day, you have to be conscious of what makes you happy and what doesn't. So say right now, you're probably sitting at 600 hertz because you're talking to Glass now and I. More. You know, way yeah. more. Yeah, maybe more. 800 hertz. So you find, <laughs> you find things that make you happy that you can measure and control. So when things that don't go good or make you sad, you, you have things that, oh, hey, Talking to Glass Town Phillips made me happy. Let me give him a call right now. You know, so we uh, we, we it, it started out as a joke, but throughout the year, like I'll go up to Glass Town and we'll be sitting on the bench, and I'll be like, "Where your hurts at right now?" And then he'll tell me, "Oh, I'm at like six twenty-five," and he'll tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's just some fun thing that we we've, we've created, and like it's a way of measuring where we're at. Or he'll be like, "I'm at two thirty right now." You know, I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with my, my elbow, you know, things aren't going so well. I'd be like, all right, well, let me go get you your favorite candy. Let's boost those Hertz by yeah, 20, you know, <laughs> day prior to like, if we, if he's playing the next day or I'm pitching the next day and we're on the road, we'll go like when we were in California, we went and did little pedal bikes on the beach. Like that's Hertz up for the next day. Like you'll wake up, like you're vibing out crazy the next day. Cause you had a good day the day before. And then little things line up. You will get breakfast that day. 
That's Negler, what, 50 hertz? Well, 50 hertz. He goes out, he goes, first first AB of the game, gets a single or something, Pff, at least hit. 150, 200 <laughs> up. Like, easy. Good play on defense, up 75. Like, I love this. All little movements. I am a huge fan of the hertz. I, that That's is awesome. excellent. Where, where were you hertz-wise after game four of the World Series? Game four of the World Series, I was actually too much hertz because yeah. I almost passed out. Like, the threshold... <laughs> The threshold for a human like is a thousand, right? Yeah. But like I was probably at twelve hundred, and that's why I almost passed out. And I needed an IV for the first time. So you have to be conscious of having too many hurt, like being too excited, because then physically your body can't handle the excitement. And that's when you see that I was about to pass out. And yep, there goes that man right he was there. Radiating hurts, dude. You'd stand by him. He was shedding them off on people because he couldn't <laughs> handle it. His body couldn't retrieve all the hurts. So <laughs> crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a new. I love that. Heck yeah. Hey, did you go back in the offseason and just pull up the game winning hit at all just to make like if I had done that, I would be watching that thing every day and I'd be like, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. So honestly, it took me about a month um, to come down from, uh, and you know, as exciting as that moment was, we still lost and I had to respect that. And, you know, I couldn't let myself fully enjoy uh, that moment for about a month. And and then I was sitting there by myself in the house. And I was like, I'm going to go wa- rewatch kind of that, that whole inning and, and see, you know, how, what my face looked like in the dugout prior to that at bat. And it was, it was pretty unreal. Um, just some, the, the circumstances leading up to that, not having that bat in two weeks, not having a hit in a month, um, not being on the roster during the, uh, the ALCS, right. And then being added for the world series and then being told like, Hey, you probably won't get in at bat because we're, we're running a 28 man roster in an American league game. That's unheard of to standing on deck. And then, you know, everything, the, the rest was history, but it took me about a month. I watched it one time and then obviously I see clips, but that full inning, it was just unbelievable, un, un, uh, unbelievable. Indescribable, yeah. How did you, did you go to sleep that night or no chance? And uh, so I had about 800 text messages that I replied to. And yeah. then it was about 530 in the morning. Um, and that, thank God I didn't play. <laughs> I know this sounds weird, but thank God I didn't play in that next game the next day because standing on the bench felt like a dream. Um, it was really weird. The Just from exerting so much energy and exhaustion and, and stuff that next day, I was kind of like very loopy. Like I yeah. just drank a bottle of NyQuil or something. Yeah. Um, hurts. So, yeah, hurts fatigue, we call it. <laughs> <laughs> did you hey when you watched the inning over did you get nervous uh when i got when i was on deck no when you were watching it in the off season you said i watched the whole inning oh like no you know you know what i think just knowing the outcome um it, i was the i didn't get uh no that's a good I question say that but because I, I know it sounds weird but when i know the outcomes of certain games as a fan that are, mean something to me I still like when I watch the Rajay Davis home run off of a Chapman in the 2016 world series, I still get nervous and excited. Yeah. It must be different when you're, when you're a pro ball player and you actually experienced it as opposed to the loser fan like me. No, no, no. I totally know what you're feeling. I know, I know exactly what you're feeling. Um, I maybe more excitement. Like I do get a feeling of like, this is, this is still so cool. Yeah. The nerves too. I think there's like two different types of nerves. Like as a fan, it's almost like in one way more nerve wracking because it's like the analogy is like when you're driving in a car with someone who's shitty at driving and you're in the passenger seat and they're just whipping it back and forth and you're like, what do you, you have no control over what's happening. You're way more nervous. But if you're driving, the, like there's two different types. Like if mm-hmm. you're in control and like you're kind of the guy in the middle of it, like you're nervous in a different way. But like I knew that feeling of a fan watching, like I know what you're saying too. Like I'll get that too. If you're like emotionally attached to it. And Got just, it you have like no control over what's happening so were you nervous this week at the all-star game on the purple carpet because i gotta tell you you handled it like a pro when you saw your your old teammate josh Hader, it was impressive (laughs) i'm not gonna lie i was probably had the most performance anxiety that i've ever had leading up to that all-star game 
Wow. Uh, MLB. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, you know, this is something that I would pursue definitely when my baseball career is over. Um, this is something that I enjoy to do. Uh, basically talking about talking to people and uh, pumping them up and stuff. So leading up to that, I mean, the all-star game is arguably one of the biggest events all year. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Hey, Phillips, um, you know, we'd love for you to do this. You're growing the game in the direction we want it to go. And I was hoping someone was going to talk me out of it. So I called Kevin Cash and he's like, no, you're doing it. Right. Like you're representing. I call our GM, Eric Neander. He's like, nope, you're doing it. I was like, well, I nice. guess I got to do it. And for me, when I've done things like the pitching, when I got hit, everything has been organic. It's It hasn't been thought out. It's just been on the moment. Right. So now you're asking me to be funny. You're, you're expecting me, you're putting me in a position to, to be funny where I have to be. Right. And so I was really feeling it leading up. But when I got out there, I had some, some, a lot of fun, everyone. Um, it, it was cool. Cause a lot of the guys were, were excited to see me coming up to me and saying, what's up. So that made me feel good. Um, the red carpet, I had more fun doing, seeing all the, the suits. I had more to talk about, but all in all, it was a great experience. Something that, uh, I have new proud, newfound appreciation for, um, reporters, for commentators. Um, I feel like as baseball players, we have to make ourselves more available to, to you guys. Um, because at times I felt a burden, right? Like asking guys like, Hey, can I get you for an interview? Sure. Like I felt like I was bur like burdening them. And so I have a newfound appreciation as a baseball player. Like when guys want to talk to me, I need to be better about just being like more open to be like, yes, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm going to help you out for sure. Because I have, I was on the other side, you know? So again, Welcome to the team. Yeah. yeah shout yeah. out to you guys because it's not, it's not easy at all. It isn't. You Glass, couldn't tell you were like nervous. You killed it. I thought you did yeah. such a good job. It'd be nervous too. Like definitely putting myself in your shoes too. I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be pretty nervous. You did a really good job. Thank you. Yeah. And there's a lot of clips that uh, will be coming out here soon. Hopefully it was funny. One of my favorites, Dave Roberts came up and it was me and Xavier Scruggs and Dave had no clue who I was. Right. So I said, Hey, Brett Phillips game four hero here. Nice to see you, Dave. <laughs> and he looks at me, right. He looks at me and he goes, are you kidding me? Like he went on to be like, are you serious? He's like, that was the worst night of my life in my <laughs> career. Like went on, but it, it was great. He, Game and then he was like, That's awesome. yeah. And then I hit Shohei Otani with Shohei Otani here with two way phenom Brett Phillips. Nice to see you Shohei. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I gave him some Japanese. He told me I had perfect Japanese. So yeah, it was a good time all in all. That's cool. what'd you say to him? Um, uh, I said, Hajime Maste, basically like, nice to meet you. And then I, so Iwate, where he's, his dialect, where he's from, uh, I said, Brett Phillips de Gansu, which means like, basically my name is Brett Phillips. And then um, a few other things like congratulations on being an all-star. And um, yeah, so it was, it, it was good. How great did you feel when it was over? Were you just like, yes, like the feel of relief? The, uh, the feel of relief and even yesterday playing baseball, it that experience helped out my baseball game That's because cool. um, I felt a type of, again, performance anxiety. I'm not going to call it anxiety, but a performance anxiety, just like I wanted to perform so bad, yeah. right? And I felt that in the past with baseball, but that little um, experience – took weight off my shoulders in my baseball game. I was like, Oh, baseball is easy compared to that. You know? Mm -hmm. So it, it, it made me, it, it's uh, it definitely has helped me out. All right. Listen, I know that everybody's busy here, but I do have a couple more things I want to get to before we, Oh, you're get good. Out of here. Um, so your former teammate, Willie Adamas was a guest on the Chris Rose rotation a little while back. And we asked him and Tyler about your infamous laugh. So let's see what they said. <laughs> All right. Scared, man. I get scared when I laugh. You get scared. Yeah, it's a little alarming I times. I'm like, I think he's going to pass out. I've seen him like, change colors a little bit. I'm like, dude, take it easy. Hey, when, when, hey, when he did it, the first time I saw him, like, he was doing it right next to me, and I got so scared because I thought he yeah. was going to pass out. I was like, Yo, are you all right? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah. Hey, don't it's, pass yeah. out on me right now. 
out of control, you know, and I know you're going to be like, what's, what's the situation with that? I've, so I, I'm the youngest out of three. I got two stepbrothers and a sister when I was about seven. I've, I've laughed like this as long as I can remember. Um, I think it developed from trying to be the, like make my older siblings laugh. Um, but my mom's got home videos of me laughing like that. And it's, <laughs> it's embarrassing at times I've embraced it. And I, I and I know you've got to ask about it because it's just so unique. But you know, it's um, like like Willie. Like I probably give so many people nightmares for the first time when they see it. Like, <laughs> I think it brings like a lot of joy to people. I think it like gives the hurts everywhere. Everyone like fucking loves it. It's very genuine too. Like when you do it, it's always when it's like a like a you have to have like a bust up laugh. So when you do it, you have a sense of accomplishment too. Like if you do make you break, you're like. I'm funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a, I, and I think everyone has a gear to their belly laugh, like that <laughs> laugh where it's the funniest thing that you, you know, you laugh like that maybe once a month where you just can't, it's uncontrollable. That's my laugh. And like you said, it's, it's hundred percent real and genuine. I can't breathe. That noise is me trying to breathe, <laughs> but I can't just like laugh now when people are like, Oh, I have a joke for you. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like glass sound, I was like, you're not going to get me like that because it's just, it, it's not going to happen unless it's yeah. super funny. All right. Let's move on to your, your rooting affinity. You are a huge Tampa Bay fan. It is now Champa Bay between the lightning back to back, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Were you at the Super Bowl? Uh, so no, I just went to the Super Bowl experience. Unfortunately yeah. with COVID um, they let in, like I think 7,500, um, yeah, they let in, what was that? The it was 7,500 vaccinated, uh, healthcare workers, healthcare workers, which was rightfully so I, I'm glad Tampa Bay did that. But since it was vaccinated, they didn't have uh, enough room for, for people to, you know, get, get tickets. So I didn't get to go, but I got to go to the pre, you know, right. Super Bowl experience acted as Tom Brady and it was a great time. But when they won the Super Bowl, were you like a little kid? Like, what's your, are you a huge Bucks fan? I think I'm just huge, like diehard Tampa Bay fan in general, whether it's the Lightning, the Bucks, the Rowdies, and obviously the Rays. I'm born and raised in that area. Like, these are the teams I grew up watching. And so it's been an exciting time for, for Tampa Bay. And, you know, it's, yep, there's, there's me. I was with I the Junior Lightning. Picture. Yep. Uh, obviously all the little leagues in around, um, the Tampa Bay area, it, it just means a little more to me, you know, and the other day Q, our bench coach came up to me and cause I like to sign for 10 minutes almost every day. And he's like, do you have like a contract set up where you have to sign? And I said, you know what Q, I grew up coming to these games and I wish I, I could have gotten autographs easier. Right. Like, so I take a lot of pride in going out there knowing that there's another Brett Phillips sitting there 10, 15 years away that he's going to do the same thing when he gets to the big leagues. So it, you know, this is my hometown and obviously I've signed in Kansas city and Milwaukee, but it means a little more to me in Tampa Bay area. So nice. So nice. All right. Before we get you out of here, we're going to spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. All right. So we got a bunch of okay. topics on here. You guys both get the answer. You go first, Glass. All right. <coughs> walk this way. Um, tell us why you have the walk-up song that you do. Me first? Well, how about let's let the hitter go first? All right, yeah, you go. <laughs> I have a walk-up song. Brett told me to go first. All right. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, so I had the song, uh, what is it? A thousand, a hundred miles, making my way downtown, walking fast, right? So that was my song, right? That was my walk-up song until Kevin Cash pulled me in the office and was making a phone call to our DJ and said, don't ever play that song again. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I was like, I yeah. couldn't argue with it, right? Like I had to be, I want to be in the lineup. Like, I, So I, cha I changed it to Danger Zone, um, you know, uh, highway to oh, yeah. the thing because middle name's Maverick, you know, fans love it. So from Top Gun, um, I got you. I'm with you. Yeah. All right, Mav. That, 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you. Go ahead, Glass. Mine is stuff that's like, I think I like hunt the nostalgia a little bit. I'm already like so much of a psychopath on there to where like, <laughs> I need something to like level me out a bit to where I like walkout songs too. When you're in like the adrenaline you feel before you pitch or like before you hit, maybe it's different, but like before I'm pitching, like something about when you listen to music, when you have a lot of adrenaline, it just like sounds so good. So I try to find something that like kind of like makes me feel confident. And it's like, a, I usually have like a big L walkout song or like a bone thug song, something like mm-hmm. I listen to in high school that just makes me, yeah. it brings me back. And I just feel like such a G when like a good walkout, if like a hitter <laughs> on the other team has a really good walkout song, I'm like, all right, you're, I'm gonna strike you out. This is, this is ridiculous. like, it's something about like, it gives you like an extra, I'm not, it gives you hurt the adrenaline. I'm just trying to get my hurts up, dude. Just like a yeah, little big. spike in hurts when I can. So walkouts for me are very important. And but in like at the trop, the speakers are blown out. They've been blown out for like years and they won't they don't want to buy any new ones. So like you don't really hear it in the trop. You just hear like snippets of it. So you get a little bit, but mostly on the road is when I can like get my feels going. Love it. I love it. You can probably hear my dog's hurts are pegged at about a thousand right now. She is super excited. <laughs> love that about her. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to go down a little bit because we are going to say goodbye to Brett Phillips, who has been gracious with his time as always. Dude, it's great catching up with you. Keep smiling. I know you're, you're doing your thing as always. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Chris, hey, your hurts are probably sitting around 800 right now. Make sure you have a great rest of your day. Give that energy. You know what I'm saying? Sink south, guys. Sink Take south. Care. See you, buddy. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> I... Uh, I love the Hertz thing, man. I got to admit, I've never heard that in my life, but it makes such perfect sense. That's like all, like most of my dialogue with him. I'm like, where are your Hertz at? Like Hertz up. Everything is just about Hertz. It's really funny. I enjoy it too. He's a good time. All right. Where have your Hertz been over the last few weeks? At least I hope above 400. Yeah, no, they've been good. I think too, because I like have been feeling good and it's like recovering and all that. And Mm -hmm. I think too, there's an element of like, nobody likes being hurt, but there's like, if there is any positive from it, it's like, you're not on the emotional roller coaster of having to pitch every five days. Like you clearly like, I do not want to be on the IL. I would much rather be playing, but like if you do kind of couldn't find a positive, it's like a little, I guess like you just kind of can get like a little bit more mellow, but like after a while, like right now I'm getting antsy. Like I really want to yeah. go back out there and, and pitch. All right. I debated whether to ask it and I'm going to, mm-hmm. were you hurt? You were not on the all-star team. Fuck. Yeah. A little like in a weird way, because like so much of like generally with baseball, like I don't I didn't think I would be like that upset. I was like kind of like whatever. And the only thing that makes me not that crazy upset was because I got hurt in a sense of like I understand like I'm not I have I missed like four starts leading up to that game. But I think like the bulk of I had before and the fact that like Bieber got hurt, I think before me and he got to go, but he got like player voted in. Um, and I think I finished like seventh in player voting. If you finish top five, you get to go. So I was, I was, yeah, I was pretty pissed. I didn't, I didn't get to go. Um, I thought I like deserved it, but again, I got hurt. I wouldn't even like, I wouldn't be able to go pitch, but I remember watching the home run derby. Like f- I had a lot of FOMO. Like I really thought I deserved to go. So I was a little upset. Do you think that you didn't get as much player vote because of what you had said about all the sticky stuff? I thought about it, but I also think like the flip side, I think like pitchers and stuff like maybe would have like voted maybe just because I don't know, like I I thought about that. I don't know if that's really the thing. I think maybe part of it was like because I got hurt and like because what I said, like it was widely known that I was hurt. So I think guys going and voting, you can kind of go on and be like, okay, well, he's hurt. Like, why would I vote for a dude that's hurt? But I don't know. I've thought about that, too, but I, I really don't know. I'm not I'm not sure. I just thought I was upset for you. I was upset for you and I brought out the Bieber thing on social media. And I don't understand why, because it's partially a player's vote for pitchers, right? But also the managers get a vote. Yeah. Who watched you pitch this year that said you were not all-star worthy? And it makes me wonder, A, if it's in part because of what you said in your honesty, and B, because management wants to keep your salary down and because somebody didn't want you to have the all-star stuff on your resume. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm off base. I, thought I don't know. I think part of it too is like maybe the small market, like maybe just like the exposure is not there. Like, like I said, I, like it was widely known that I was hurt to where like, if you're voting on that list, like there's a, probably a good point. Like, well, this guy's hurt. Like, why would I like give it to somebody who could actually go to the all-star? Game? But the managers know how good you are. That has nothing to do with whether you play in Tampa Bay or New York or LA. Yeah. I don't know. 
I think I'm not sure. I know like if I didn't get hurt, I would have gone. Yes. I think like with the voting and being like seventh, I don't know. Like I think I, I like thought I pitched better than to get like I thought maybe I'd get more votes. But like yes. I don't know. There's probably a lot of like elements here. Like I'm I'm definitely over it now. I think hopefully I can just go back and like pitch next year but i definitely was like i wanted to go that was like a bucket list item for me for sure i know you'll get there you'll yeah. get there and uh and by the way this is hilarious because everybody always says well the fans don't know what the hell they're talking about when it comes to votes if you were voted seventh by your peers and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about either <laughs> so, yeah. i do think andrew had a big thing to do with it i don't know. i get it i get I it know. all right let's bring your hurts back up with mrs yeah. rose's homework assignment on her birthday no less do you remember what your homework assignment was? Yeah, we didn't even, dude. So I went to that game and I invited Steven to come to that game and he was supposed to come with me. And then they had rehab the next day at eight o'clock. So we were like, all right, that's probably not a good idea. He lives far away. And then he ended up leaving to go back because he got healthy. So we ended up not hanging out, but we talked yeah. a lot. So, so no, no, you get it. You get an A because Steven actually said the exact same thing. Okay, there you go. What you just said. Nice. Um, yeah, he said it. Well, you know, he invited me to the hockey game and I really wanted to go, but I couldn't drive that far. And of course, I have a couple beer, you know. Yeah. How's that, by the way? Is that a good impression or no? That's pretty good. Yeah. Was, yeah, sure. Why not? Because you're my friend. <laughs> it was a good impression. <laughs> Scale of one to 10, like a six? Yeah, we'll give it that. 5.8. Yeah. God, I really got to work on that. I pride myself on my impressions. It's no good. Yeah. All right. Um, so what do we do for a uh, do for a homework assignment here? Since you kind of got that, there's no way that you and Brawl can have lunch now, right? It's kind of over. Maybe in the off season, if he comes to like somewhere, I go to like Denver. I have friends in Denver too. I have to go see, or he's in Colorado, I believe. He's in San Diego. Oh yeah. What am I thinking? We'll all go together. He'll drive up. We're all going to meet in Santa Barbara at Ted's place. Yeah. We've already we've already figured this out. Let's do it. I'm down. I definitely want to go see because I know like Joe lives there too. Like I got, I'll probably be in San Diego at some point, so I can I can prolong my, I can do a delayed homework assignment, extra credit. Yeah, that's perfectly that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, listen, go about your way. We'll see you in a few weeks. I appreciate you hooking up, uh, Mav Phillips, as we like to call him, Mister Hertz. And exactly. keep that in mind, everybody, as you're out there strolling along, and when things aren't going your way and you're below the 400 mark, find something that makes you happy and bump up those Hertz. I love yeah. that. Mm -hmm. That was really good. Uh, big shout out to Robbie Chiracco, the man who puts this uh, whole show together, and our summer intern, Alden Stone, for doing a great job as always. And we appreciate you most of all for listening and viewing and consuming all the content here on John Boy Media. Tyler, thank you as always. Appreciate it, bud. Thanks, guys. Fun we'll as always. Next, we'll see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. See you later.